Are you a PhD, postdoc, or MD interested in transitioning into management consulting? Apply to Link to LEK by March 12th, 2023. What is Link to LEK? Well, it's an opportunity for advanced degree students to get to know LEK and the type of strategy consulting work the firm does through a virtual two-day program. During the program, you'll network with LEK consultants and participate in a simulated strategy case modeled after the work done by LEK's life sciences team. But the best part of the program, you will receive the opportunity to an early interview for a full-time role with the firm ahead of the general recruiting cycle. Again, the program is open to current PhD, postdoc, or MD students interested in life sciences strategy consulting, ideally with a target graduation in 2024. So again, apply by March 12th. Click the link in the show notes or visit lek.com today to submit your application. Welcome back to Strategy Simplified. Today's episode is an edited portion of a free live event that we recently ran on LinkedIn. Join our email list, link in show notes to find out when our next live event is. In the episode, Naman discusses several early recruiting programs for advanced degree candidates. These are programs that MBB, LEK, and Clearview Healthcare Partners run each summer. Naman shares an overview of the programs, why to apply, how to apply, and best practice tips for your application and interviews. If you're a PhD, JD, MD, postdoc, or other advanced degree candidate, pay attention. These programs are your best chance for breaking into consulting. Keep listening to find out why. If you represent today a consulting club at your university or a postdoc association, uh, and you want some of the, the content that we're talking about today to get to your colleagues and your peers, reach out. We'd love to come and speak to your club or to your postdoc association. We do 200 private workshops a year for different universities and university groups all around the world. So if your organization would like to bring us in for a workshop, if you want some of this knowledge disseminated, you know, to your colleagues, your peers, your institution to give your cohort a competitive advantage against other cohorts that are out there, uh, then bring us in uh, for a workshop. Uh, it's a lot of fun for us. Uh, and it's really, really meaningful for our partners as well. So let's dive in. What are the bridge programs? Right. They're a great way to learn about life inside of top consulting firms. They are uh, here uh, as an early recruiting tool. The firms are using this to get their hooks in you early. And they're also here as an early awareness tool as well. So they're one to five day mini internships is the way that I think about them. And they give you an inside look at that particular firm's work, culture, and people. And often the way that these mini internships are set up is that you're either working on a real world engagement, a la Bain, Bain will have you actually st staffed on an actual case team where you are co-owning a work stream for one week. Uh, that's the most immersive experience out of these programs. But many other firms do simulated case exercises or simulated project team engagements to just give you a sense of what, what the work is like, to honestly evaluate you a little bit. They say it's non-evaluative, but to get a sense of, of who's got the, the horsepower uh, and the structuring ability uh, uh, the problem solving ability, uh, et cetera, to really excel inside of their environment. Uh, and there's a lot of just fun whining and dining type of experiences as well that all the firms will do also, uh, because they want to sell you on the consulting lifestyle. They 
if the, if you're accepted to one of these programs, it's because they like your profile. It's because they think you've got potential to make it through the gauntlet that is the full-time interview process. And so they want to show you a good time so that you want to uh, convert to the opportunity to work there full time. And so that you go back to your program, you go back to your colleagues and you become an evangelist for that firm. And you talk about how wonderful Bain Advantage was and how amazing it was to work with the Bain case team and how interesting the problems were and how supported you felt and how they took you out to nice dinners and wined and dined you and gave you a swag bag, right? Like there, there's a strategy behind all of, of what the firms are doing and, and it's to sell you on working there. Uh, and I'll talk to you in a second about what your goal should be going into one of these experiences. But for now, uh, just to break down what they are, they're that. It's a little bit of work, whether real or simulated, and a lot of social activities, a lot of networking, a lot of whining and dining. So this is a great way for you to build connections inside of these firms. Uh, you'll see on the slide here, there's really five firms that that roll out and pursue and have built these specific advanced degree programs. You've got MBB, Bain, BCG, and McKinsey. And then you've got a couple of other uh, boutiques that really play mostly in the life sciences and the healthcare space. So LEK and Clearview. Uh, and so these are your, your major firms that, that do these kinds of advanced degree programs. And this is a great way for you to build connections inside of the firm, to give the firm a heads up on the offices that you'd want to target in full-time recruiting, to build advocates for yourself inside of uh, those offices, and to just get a sense of if consulting is right for you. If you go through one of these experiences and you identify at the end, you know what, that work wasn't super fun for me, or uh, you know what, that was challenging, but it's not the kind of challenge that I really enjoy, uh, then you'd rather find out now after a one to five day experience that consulting is not right for you, uh, as opposed to going through you know a year on the job before you figure that out and going through a full inter uh, interview and recruiting process. So. Either, even if you decide at the end that consulting is not for you, it's going to be a valuable uh, experience just to clarify that for you and, and also going to be a great way for you to build your network even if you don't end up going into consulting eventually. Here are the application deadlines for these programs. I wanted to, to make this clear right up front so you knew exactly the timeline that you're you're operating under. Hey, I'm jumping in here really quick to voice over the application deadlines. Bridge to BCG is on February 28th. Bain Advantage, March 1st. Connect to Clearview, February 21st and March 10th. Link to LEK, March 12th. Finally, McKinsey Insight, March 7th. Naman will share an update on McKinsey Insight in just a few moments. All right, back to the show. A uh, couple of things I'll just call out. These deadlines are coming up very quickly. Right? It's already February 7th today. You've got two to three weeks to get your, your resume right and your cover letter right and to prepare yourself for some of the interview and the online games that these firms are going to ask you to play as a part of the screening process. So you don't have a ton of time. Uh, so if you decide that, hey, I want to pursue one of these opportunities, you should start getting your resume straight today. This is something that you should start preparing for now uh, just to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward before the application deadline. Some of you more astute folks on the call may notice that Connect to Clearview, which is Clearview's program, has two application deadlines. You can apply by either deadline, but the firm itself has made it really clear and explicit that they are going to fill spots as they go. So it's possible that all the spots are taken before March 10th when the second application deadline is, 
So if at all possible, I recommend that you prepare your application materials and apply by February 24th. Uh, if you're not ready, don't apply early. I want you to be ready. But the ideal here is that you're ready and you apply early. Uh, so just keep that in mind for Connect to Clearview. They're going to fill spots as they go. So you're going to put yourself at a little bit of a disadvantage if you apply by the March 10th deadline. Now, I know that many of you have been writing us, calling us, chatting us, and, and just beating down our door wanting to know what the heck's going on with McKinsey Insight. So McKinsey Insight is, is that firm's advanced degree bridge program. And some of you may have noticed that their application uh, portal was taken offline last week. And some of you may have been freaking out about, hey, well, what's going on? Are they, are they running Insight this year? Are they running Diversity Connect, which is another program that, that the firm runs? The answer is yes. They are running both of those programs, but the firm is changing the format that is using this year for that program. So if you noticed on the last slide, a lot of the firms that run these types of programs run them in person over a weekend. So for example, uh, you know, Bain, you're in person with a case team. BCG, you're in person for a weekend, uh, either on the East Coast or the West Coast. But McKinsey is going all virtual uh, and they're running multiple iterations of Insight uh, over this spring uh, to expand the top of their uh, talent pipeline when it comes to this particular uh, candidate group. So they're shifting to virtual gatherings over several days. And these are going to be gatherings that are for candidates from like specific school groups uh, and from specific schools. I don't have 100% clarity yet from the firm as to what this is going to look like, but I could imagine that they'll be running an insight for the southern region of the United States, and they'll be running an insight for the Northeast. They'll be running a, an insight for the West Coast. That, that would be my best guess as to how they're going to structure this, but they haven't yet shared with us or shared publicly what it's going to look like. But they're going to be virtual gatherings that take place over a, a you know three to five day period going to be you're going to be separated by the program that you represent and you're going to have a chance as you apply to insight to let them know which offices you're interested in and, and this is something that's new you can pick global offices for the first time so this is now just not going to be limited it's still limited to candidates from north america but it's no longer limited to candidates who want to stay in north america if they join mckinsey so a little bit of a, a distinction there. You'll get to tell the firm which global offices you're interested in landing at full time. And, and there's a couple of reasons that McKinsey's doing this. Number one, they have a real commitment to diversity. And so they they want to offer more opportunities for you know, candidates they wouldn't have been able to reach before to join, right? And there's just less of a barrier uh, when there's a virtual uh, you know, workshop or event that's happening as opposed to right, folks having to fly in for a weekend or fly in for a week of programming. Second, and this is really, I think, the main reason McKinsey's doing this. It's a little bit selfish, right? They want to expand the top of their recruiting pipeline without necessarily uh, expending more expense or time into the process. So they're able to run so many more people through the Insight program when they're holding several virtual gatherings over the spring instead of doing one program on one weekend in one city. So they get to, like I said, right, more, move more candidates through the pipeline, through the funnel, and it's not really that much more effort for them, uh, at least uh, on a representative basis. So everyone can breathe easy. McKinsey Insight is happening. It's just going to look different. And we've received confirmation from one of our sources at the firm that they're currently updating the application portal. 
And the reason that the page is down is because they're making those technical changes. So we'll keep you updated uh, on when that application is live. Uh, we have received no indication yet from McKinsey that they're moving the application deadline back. So the application deadline, as far as we know, is still February 28th. So as soon as the application portal's back up, we'll let you know. Uh, if you're on our email list, you'll be the first to know. Okay, jumping in again to share a quick update. Shortly after our team recorded this episode, we received word from McKinsey that the firm is actually moving the application deadline for Insight back to March 7th. So that gives you a little more time to prepare. In addition, the landing page for McKinsey Insight is now back online. You can check it out at the link in the show notes to see eligibility requirements, program dates, and more important information. All right, so McKinsey Insight, it's happening. Good news for everybody who's interested in working at McKinsey. I'll just quickly say this as well. Uh, this probably means that there are going to be more spots open at, uh, at Insight this year than there ever have been before. They're running multiple gatherings. They're running virtual gatherings. But I wouldn't draw a line or a connection between that and thinking that this is going to be a less competitive program. One of the things that our contact and our source at McKinsey told us is that they had gotten so much demand for Insight this year that it prompted them to shift the way that they're that they're running the program. And so I'm still expecting this to be an incredibly competitive select, uh, selection process. There's going to be more open spots, but there is just an increase in the flood of candidates that's pursuing those open spots. So don't make the mistake of thinking that because McKinsey's trying to broaden and expand the top of the recruiting pipeline, that it's going to be easier to get a spot in Insight. Uh, it's just not what we're seeing and what we're hearing from our source inside of the firm. Okay, so why should you care, right? Like, why should you care that the firms offer these programs? Why should you want to apply? It takes effort on your part. It takes time on your part. It's a, it's a selective process, right? There's some stress that comes along with that. Uh, the reason is that for advanced degree candidates, that these programs are the best path to a full-time offer. Or let me put it another way. They're the path of least resistance, okay? If you don't get into one of these programs, it doesn't mean that your chances are shot at a full-time role. It doesn't mean that you don't have an, an opportunity to break in later, but this is really the most streamlined way for somebody coming from a PhD or a JD or an MD or other advanced degree background to get into some of these top firms, right? And that's why they're so competitive. These are not practice applications for what you're going to do for real in the summer. Like this is actually more competitive than full-time recruiting that happens in the summer because there's less spots available and there's almost just as much demand. Okay, so that's the number one reason why you should really take this seriously and want to pursue this uh, is because it's, it is your path of least resistance to a full-time offer with the firm. Okay, beyond that, why should you want to be a part of these programs? Well, number one, and I've already mentioned this a little bit, is you want a chance to evaluate the firm. You know what? Does LEK, does the culture there align with my personal and professional values? And the best way that I can figure that out is if I just get to be a part of the culture for a few days. If I get to interact with the people, if I get to go to dinner with folks and see them outside of work, if I just get to be in an immersive experience for 48 to you know 72 hours or more, I get a chance to evaluate the firm, the people, the culture and see, hey, could I see myself here long term? Is this a place where I want to you know, give a lot of my next two to three years to? So you get a chance to evaluate the firm. The firm also gets a chance to evaluate you, right? And this one is more intuitive. Of course, they're going to be evaluating you. But I want to make sure that you understand that it's a two-way street. You should be evaluating them as well. It's what top performers do. They have options. 
And so when you have options, you have you evaluate all of them. Now, what is the firm doing when they're evaluating you? Two things. Number one, they're evaluating your performance in the case simulation or the actual project. Do you have the quantitative analysis ability? Do you have the ability to structure an approach to an ambiguous problem? Can you communicate clearly and concisely? Can you communicate in a way that's top down, that gains buy-in and motivates action? Uh, do you have the work ethic that's needed to, you know, uh, to get to an answer, right? You know what? It's 530. I'm done. I'm tired but we, we're not done for the day, right? Like, how do you respond in those types of moments? Are you going to be the type of person that I'm going to want to be stuck at an airport with during a snowstorm, right? So all of these questions are questions that the consultants you'll be working with are asking themselves. And in some cases, actually formally evaluating you on as you go through the program. So, you know, have fun, be yourself, but just be aware uh, that you're being evaluated as well as you go through the experience. And then finally, right, you get uh, the opportunity to network. Uh, at some of the networking events that the firms put on, you get access to partners and other leaders inside the firm. They're really putting a full court press on uh, to get you to be sold on the fact that, hey, you want to come work at McKinsey instead of Bain, uh, or you want to come work at LEK instead of Clearview. So those, there's those networking opportunities that are available. And for a lot of these programs, you are often guaranteed, and this is the kicker, you're guaranteed a first round interview invite for full-time roles. Uh, and those interviews take place in the summer. They take place in July and August. So if you get into Bridge to BCG or McKinsey Insight or one of these other programs, it's almost like a two for one. Not only are you getting in for the spring experience, but you are, you've also guaranteed yourself a first round interview invite for the summer. So that's why it's the path of least resistance uh, as far as you know going from uh, an advanced degree program to a full-time offer. So it's a big deal. Uh, it, it's meaningful. Uh, you should take this process seriously and invest the time that you have to uh, to make sure that you're getting your application right. We'll be right back after this quick break. Are you an aspiring consultant? Ensure you are putting your best foot forward in applications by working with a management consultant team on a custom resume edit. We perform these edits over two rounds, and here's how it works. In the first round, we'll restructure, reword, and reformat your resume removing what's not relevant and emphasizing what is. Invariably, there will be context and metrics we don't have access to, so we'll leave you placeholders and send the docs back so you can input that info. In the second and final round, we'll marry your inputs with the changes we've made to give you a submission-ready set of docs. If your inputs demand we reshape the story, then we will. 60% of our clients receive an invite to at least one interview, if not more, after getting their resume edited through Management Consulted. Get started today. The link to learn more is in the episode show notes. Okay, so this all sounds good. You may be thinking, hey, I'm sold. I want to be a part of these. They sound fun. They sound interesting. It's, an, it's a huge open door for me. Uh, but like, is it meant for me? Uh, and the answer for some of you is no, but the answer for most of you is yes. So if you are a, an advanced degree candidate, and again, right, PhD, JD, MD, or other, and you are completing your program uh, in a time where you'd be able to start a full-time role in late 2023 or 2024, you're eligible. So what this means really is if, if you fall into one of those buckets and you could start full-time work later this year or start full-time work sometime in 2024, you're eligible. What does that mean? If you have more than two years left in your academic program, you're not eligible yet because you can't start full-time work in 2024. So if you've got a year or less 
left in your academic journey, then this is the right time for you to be applying to these programs. If you've got more than that left in your academic journey, then it's good that these are on your radar, but then next year's program is probably going to be the one that you need to be applying for. So I just want to make that really clear. If you are able to start full-time work later this year or at some point in 2024, then you are eligible for these programs. Now, anybody who's a PhD or a JD or an MD candidate uh, who, who is able to start work this year or next, you're eligible for all of the programs that I've walked through. Now, some of the rest of you are also eligible for some of the other programs. And so I'm not going to walk through like which subgroup is eligible for which program. Like I'm, I'm not going to map it out on a slide for you. I'm just going to ask Jfoot to pop a link in chat to the article that we wrote on these programs. And you will find complete eligibility criteria in that article. But some other groups of candidates that are eligible for some of these programs include practicing medical doctors and professors who have less than five years of work experience. So if that's you, if you fall into one of those categories, you're not eligible for every program, but you are eligible for some of these. Current non-NBA master students. So this would be like you're in a, a master's of management program or a master's of finance program, right? A, a specialty master's program, right? And you also have a JD and MD or a PhD, right? You're eligible for some of these programs as well. Some of you don't have to have any type of JD, MD, or PhD. If you're just in a, if you have a non-MBA master's degree and you've got th around three plus years of relevant business experience, then you're also eligible for some of these programs. Again, you're not eligible for all of them, but you're eligible for at least one. So if you fall into that category, then go to the article and see which program is right for you. Make sure to check out the article Naman mentioned to see specific eligibility criteria for each of these programs. There's a link in the show notes. Okay. I think I've tried to make that as clear as I can. And I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I want to make sure that if you all are going to put the effort in and the time in to apply, that you're actually eligible for the role in the program that you're applying for. So let's get into some resume tips and some interview tips here before we, we end with some Q&A. So let's start with the resume, right? And these are specifically for advanced degree candidates, but there's a lot of transferable tips and knowledge in here for anybody to help you consultify your resume. One of the big challenges that, that the advanced degree candidates that we work with, and we work with literally hundreds a year, helping them break into 170 different firms, one of their big challenges is translating an academic CV and academic experience into a business resume. And does it mean that you need to have extensive business experience? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that you have to know how to pull out the, the transferable skills that you already possess uh, and that consulting firms are looking for and, and pull those out and emphasize them on your resume. So some of those transferable skills are research, which I know everybody on this call, right, if you're an advanced degree candidate knows how to do, right? Quantitative and qualitative analysis, stakeholder management ability, team leadership, budget management, uh, right? Pitching stakeholders, right? Gaining buy-in, motivating action, right? Did you end up putting a, a, a like a 45-page grant proposal together that got you, right, $2 million in funding from the National Institutes of Health, right? Like I'm more interested in that than in some of the minutia of the research that you've been doing. Right? I'm more interested in the potential impact of the research that you've been doing, uh, even if there's no impact realized yet, than I am in just the fact that you did research for the sake of research. 
right? Because you would never in consulting do research for the sake of research. So I'm looking for you to really rewrite your bullet points in such a way where I'm going to be able to look at the resume and I'm going to be able to think, ah, okay, Jay Fitz a PhD. He's never been a consultant before, but he's utilized a lot of the same skills that our consultants utilize on a daily basis, just in a different context. That's kind of the reaction that I want a reviewer to have as they look at my resume. Yep, those are the skills I'm looking for. Yep, that's incredibly transferable to what we do. And if she did it in the lab, she can do it here, right? If she pitched the NIH, then she can pitch a CEO, right? That's the kind of transferability that I'm looking for on the resume. So transferable skills, number one. Number two, I'm looking for soft skills, right? Uh, fair or not, one of the stereotypes about some advanced degree candidates is, right, you're great individual contributors, but but stereotypically, maybe not great team leaders. And I, and I don't think that the stereotype holds true in my interactions with the advanced degree folks that I've worked with. Uh, but consulting firms are really looking for this blend of hard skills and soft skills. So talk to me about some of the leadership roles that you've been involved in. Talk to me about, uh, you know, even going back to your undergrad days, did you lead an on-campus organization? Right? Did you lead an executive team of six? Did you manage a $50,000 budget? Did you grow membership by 25% year over year? Did you go pitch student government on funding? Or did you initiate strategic partnerships with companies and bring them in for info sessions? Right? There's a lot of transferable skills in what you did that probably right now aren't highlighted on the resume. So I, I want to see that. Uh, I want to see that leadership highlighted in your on-campus experience. I want to see that leadership highlighted in your in your bench experience, in your lab experience. Did you lead a team? Did you, you know, were you a co-PI on a project? Did you manage interns? Uh, right. There's a lot of leadership that can be pulled out even of your, your for example, your postdoc experience. Ideally, I'm also going to be looking for at least one commercial experience. So, you know, even if this is, a summer internship that you did during undergrad, you know, before you decided to pivot completely to research or academia, even if this is, you know, you working for a family business, uh, you know, even if this is you doing a pro bono consulting project for, for a, a, you know, an actual entity, right? I'm looking for, you know, you to have applied some of these skills, you know, in what I as a reviewer would consider the real world, right? And fair or not, that's the vantage point that your reviewer is going to have. It's okay, hey, I see all these skills. I can draw the line between how you've implemented them in your world and how you can implement them in mine. But what's even better is if you can show me that you've implemented them at least a little bit in my world and in my context. So, you know, if you have uh, some of that pro bono consulting experience, make sure it's on the resume, right? If you've worked for, uh, you know, a family business or family office, it should be on the resume. If you had a summer internship during undergrad that was for Coca-Cola or, or Tesla or Microsoft or wherever, you know, it should be on the resume. You know, if you have uh, on your own had some entrepreneurial experience, it should be on the resume. You know, if you have, you know, helped a partner of your universities commercialize some of the research that's coming out of the university, that should be on the resume, right? Show me, if you can, that you've got some kind of business sense or acumen or experience. Uh, and for those of you who just like can't resonate with any of the examples that I just mentioned, uh, then a program called Strategy Sprint might be right for you. So we run uh, one-week consulting projects, uh, you know, a couple times a year, and anybody who wants to can join them to build real-world consulting experience. We source the client, we scope the project out, we lead the project. You're working with an MBB consultant who's your project leader, and 
over a one week time frame, you're working with a team of five to six other people uh, to solve this really strategic and top line oriented problem for a real world client. You own a work stream. You're the ones who, who is driving that part of the narrative uh, uh, as far as the deliverables concerned. You're the one who's actually doing the work. And during the week, you're being mentored by you know, your project leader who's got McKinsey, Bain, or BCG experience. Uh, you know, if you need some commercial experience and you, you just can't find it anywhere else in your background, that's something that I would recommend for you. Next, I'm looking for academic awards. And, and I'll combine academic awards and top scores. And, and really what I'm looking for is for the fact that you've been a top performer, right? Can you show me on the resume that you've been a top performer wherever you've been? I'm not looking for one hit wonders. That's risky for me as a reviewer. It's risky for me as a firm, right? I'm looking for a track record of impact and achievement and a track record of rising to the top, right? Cream always rises to the top. So if you, you know, if you've proven to me that, hey, wherever I've been, I've risen to the top, then that gives me confidence that when I run you through my interview process, you'll also rise to the top because it takes me a lot of time and a lot of money to interview people. So I'm looking to de-risk that process for myself. And so one of the things that de-risks that for me or helps de-risk that for me, show me that you've won academic awards and don't just give me like the name of some benefactor, but you know, I won the John Wooden award at UCLA, right? Like if I haven't gone to UCLA, I have no idea what that means, right? Like tell me, Hey, I won this award. And like, there's like one student out of 50,000 that wins it every year. And it comes with like a hundred thousand dollar scholarship, like quantify it for me, contextualize it for me. Tell me why it's impressive. Right. And the same thing with top scores. Right. So if you've taken the GMAT, if you've taken the GRE, uh, if you need to go back to your ACTs or your SATs, right, can you show me that you scored in the 90th percentile or higher in some of these? Or can you show me a track record of consistent like three, five and above GPAs wherever you've been? Right. Like show me that academically you've been strong. So that, you know, it just helps me make the case internally for you getting an interview. Uh, and so that, you know, you're coming across as a well-rounded candidate. Hey, I'm strong academically. I'm strong, you know, in my soft skills, leadership wise. And I'm also strong, you know, in my, you know, hard skills, right? I've, I've utilized these in, in kind of research uh, or commercial experience. So if you can check the box in all three of those areas, right, it makes it a lot easier for me to say yes to you. Last thing I'll just mention bonus is Excel. So as a post advanced degree analyst, at any of the firms that we've been talking about today, you're going to spend 70 to 80% of your day in Excel, uh, in Excel and PowerPoint. So in your uh, bullet points, right, as you're talking to me about the analysis that you've done, can you kind of talk, you know, talk to me and name drop some of the software packages and programs that you've used to conduct that analysis, right? So, hey, I conducted sensitivity analysis in Excel. I conducted this kind of analysis in R. I built a database in Airtable. I, you know, coded this in Python. I used a pivot table to extract this kind of insight, right? I want that kind of detail in the bullet points. Uh, and so if you can show me that you've got familiarity uh, with some of the types of analysis that I would run as a consultant or some of the types of software that I would use, bonus points for you. That's way more valuable, by the way, than just listing skills on a section of your resume. Anybody can do that. Anybody can make that up, right? I can't, you can't prove to me that you actually know what you're talking about. Right. So it might work for a computer screen, but when a human being is reviewing your resume, which, by the way, at all of these firms, a human being will review your resume, it doesn't really add a whole lot of value. So integrate those skills into your bullet points. Don't just list them and then think that that's good enough. All right. 
Uh, let's talk about the interview process itself. So if you follow these tips, congratulations, you're well and you're ready to getting an invite. Uh, the next part and uh, of the process for you is to actually ace the interview. So let's close the deal deal here. Let me just first walk you through the, the process for a few of these firms. Bain is going to ask you to do two case interviews. They're going to be 40 minutes long each, right? This is like a legit interview process at Bain. Uh, so be ready for that. BCG is going to ask you to take an online Pymetrics test first. There are two phases to the Pymetrics test that B BCG does. So uh, these are like video games. They're, they're simulated games. The first one is you have to run a lemonade stand. And then there are different criteria that you have to keep in mind as you're running the lemonade stand uh, that BCG is testing you for. We, we've got a full breakdown of the Pymetrics test on the website. If Jafith, if you can find the link and share it, I'm sure folks would appreciate it. Uh, but we break down in great detail what that test looks like. So kind of phase one is you got to run the lemonade stand. You got to pass that. Phase two is you go through this series of of uh, neurological mini games. Uh, and the firm, again, is testing you on six to eight different criteria. The biggest one, honestly, being your the way that you view risk. So like one of the mini games inside of that Pymetrics test is you have to fill up a balloon with air and you have to try and fill it up as much as possible without popping it. And so what the firm is testing you for there is how you view risk and, and how much you're willing to push the envelope. And, and can you straddle the line between filling the balloon as much as possible and not going too far? Uh, and so that'll be one of your kind of phase two tests inside of the, the online Pymetrics. Uh, on top of that, you're going to be asked to do case interviews at BCG as well. McKinsey's also going to run you through multiple rounds of, of interviews. These are going to be behavioral and, and case interview in nature. Okay, so you've got to prepare for both. Okay, so now that you know what's coming, how do you prepare? So I'm going to start you here at the top of this, this case mastery bubble here, whatever this graphic is. So look at the top here, market sizing. That's where I'm going to recommend that you start if you have no case experience. So market sizing would be like me asking you, size the market for dishwashers in Canada, right? Like it's very open-ended. You can make it up. Uh, you know, very easy to practice. I love them as an interviewer because I can make them up on the spot and I don't have to know the right answer because what I'm testing you for is your ability to structure a problem-solving approach. I'm testing you for your ability to make assumptions, testing you for your ability to do calculations. You know, I'm testing you for all these skills to where I don't actually need to know what the right answer is for me to be able to evaluate you. So I love these questions as an interviewer and these will oftentimes be a part of the case interviews that you'll see for these programs. So for example, like one of the quantitative pieces inside of a Bain case interview will be to size a market. Uh, and so I recommend that you start here and just start to build some of the skills that you need for other types of case interviews as well. So start with two a day as you're driving, as you're, you know, on campus. Hmm, you know, I wonder, you know, I wonder what the market is for whiteboards in Columbus, right? And you can just go through this, this four-step process. We teach you the four-step process on the website. I don't have time to teach you today. Uh, but Jafith, if you can pop the, the link into the chat for the market sizing um, article, we walk you through that process in the article. Learn it, internalize it, practice, uh, and, and start to get a handle on how to solve some of these ambiguous problems. Once you've got a handle on market sizing, I'd say you should probably do two a day for 10 days on your own. And then you should do five to 10 out loud with a partner. So once you've done that, you're ready to do the next thing, which is to read slash watch five cases. 
And we've got case walkthroughs on our website, on our YouTube channel. There's a lot of places that you can go inside the MC ecosystem where we've got uh, these, these case examples for you. Uh, watch them, read them. Most importantly, do them, do them with us. So get a sense as you go through those five cases, how all the pieces fit together and you know how, how the case flows and how long it should take you to, to complete each component of a case. Uh, right? Just pick up on some of those things. Once you've done that, you're ready for an out loud, out loud practice, out loud interview. And my recommendation is that you do a diagnostic with an expert. And this doesn't have to be us, right? If you've got a contact at one of the firms who's willing to help you, use them. If you've got colleagues that have been in consulting or, or went through this process last year and were successful and they're willing to work with you, use them, right? Like there are a lot of places you can go to, to find experts, but if you don't have access to somebody who really knows what they're talking about, then come work with us and have us run you through a diagnostic interview and have us tell you, okay, you've probably got four weeks before BCG interviews you and here are the things that you need to work on. Uh, between now and then to actually land an offer and to get an invite to this program. And so we'll we'll walk you through those gap areas. We'll walk you through your strengths and then we'll build a personalized plan to execute on those in the time that you have. And, uh, you know, with an eye to the firm that you're specifically targeting. So that that diagnostic interview is really helpful to give you a sense of of where your gaps are so that you can focus on filling them. You don't get an offer for being a superstar in one area. You don't get an offer for being a 99 out of 100 in math and a 29 out of 100 in structure, right? I hired the candidate who's an 85 out of 100 in all of the areas of evaluation. So you have to be intentional about filling your gap areas and not just over-indexing over on your strengths if you want to be successful. That's why the diagnostic interview is so powerful so that someone who actually knows what they're talking about can tell you what those gap areas are and can also tell you which gap areas don't matter. Because if you, you know, if you end up working with us, one of the things that we do with you is we show you how the firms are going to score you and how they're going to evaluate you. And then we build a plan to play to the test. So whether that's with us or whether that's with somebody else, make sure you get that. The next thing I'm, I'm going to recommend that you do is you do 10 cases twice. So go through the first time to run through the case, ideally with a partner, have them run you through it. And then as soon as they're done giving you feedback, go through again that same case by yourself immediately afterwards. And this time, push yourself to build a more robust framework. Push yourself to be faster at the math. Push yourself to get deeper insights from the math. Push yourself to have a more robust final recommendation. You already know where the case is going, so you can spend more time pushing yourself to get to deeper insights the second time, pushing yourself to be faster the second time. Uh, and, and that's going to give you an outsized return as far as the investment you're making uh, of time and effort. Uh, you know, if you're actually going to do 10 cases twice, you're going to follow our guidance and you're going to keep track of your learnings and, and where you did well and where you didn't as you go. And then once you've done that, you, you kind of polish off uh, by doing some specific case drills. So you'll have a really good sense by now where your gap areas are still whether it's math, whether it's structure, whether it's something else. And you can go find specific drills to fill those gaps. And we've got a ton of free drills on the management consultant site, math, structure, brainstorming, market sizing, et cetera, that you should take advantage of. Uh, and for those of you who end up working with us, you get access to all of that uh, as a part of your coaching packages. Uh, and, and we'll build a plan for you and we'll we'll assign you homework as you go so that you know you're working on the right drills at the right time.
But this is our plan uh, that we work through with our clients. Uh, and so I'm just sharing this with you for free today, whether you ever end up working with us or not. Uh, but th this is where I'd recommend you start as you start uh, to build some, some case competence. And if you all do want to work with us, you've got a couple of different options. I'll ask JFIT to pop more information in the chat. Uh, but for those of you who are like, you know what? Like, I've never done this before. Like, I know that my resume is not good enough yet. I've never done a case interview before, and I just need everything. Black Belt's the, the package for you. We'll go through uh, over those two rounds of edits, like I mentioned, and we'll rewrite your resume and your cover letter for you. Uh, we will build you an interview prep plan that's tailored to your gap areas, that's tailored to your target firms, that's tailored to your type timeline. And then we'll execute over eight one-hour one-on-one coaching sessions. So if you want everything, the live coaching, like the online uh, drills and courses and cases, uh, the resume edits, Black Belt's for you, it's your best value. Uh, for those of you that are more DIYers and you're like, hey, I want access to the cases, I want access to the drills, but I don't want any of the live coaching, I've got partners I can work with, the all access pass is for you. It'll give you access to all of our online curriculum, but none of the edits and none of the live coaching. But if you just want the stuff to work through on your own, the all access passes for you. And for those of you that just aren't ready yet to commit all the way, uh, and you're like, hey, I know I need interview help. I know I'm not ready for the interview if I got one, but I, I just, I just want to focus on my application right now. Then the editing package is for you. And we'll, we'll edit your resume. We'll edit your cover letter. We'll give you a, a 30 minute Zoom coaching session to walk you through the networking process. Uh, and what that should look like before uh, you apply to these firms uh, and just to, to ensure that you're setting your application up for success. So uh, these are some of the options that I'd recommend for you all uh, if you decide that you'd like to work with us. Uh, and again, Jayfith, I'm sure pop the links in the chat. You can learn more on the website. If you have questions about these packages or just about anything I've talked about today, I'm gonna stay online for the next 13 minutes until the top of the hour. And we're just going to open things up now for a little bit of Q&A. To join us for one of these live Q&A sessions, make sure that you're on our email list to be notified about our next live event. We host between one and three free live events each month. The link to get on the list is in the show notes. You can pop your question in the chat uh, inside of LinkedIn. Uh, and Jayfith, I'm going to ask you to just scroll through and pick out the ones that are the most relevant for the most amount of people. Uh, and read them out, and then I will do my best to answer them. Uh, and so thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, you're more than welcome to stick around for the Q&A, but if you have to drop, uh, then you're you're free to do so. Uh, and again, if you've got questions about anything we've talked about today, including some of these packages, I'm happy to speak to them now. Thanks for tuning in. Are you finding the podcast helpful? We'd love your feedback. You can send us that in the form of, of an email. Shoot us an email at podcast at managementconsulted.com or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We appreciate your support of Strategy Simplified. We'll catch you again on another episode very soon.